Hello and welcome to episode 240 of the Thinking LSAT podcast in Vienna, Virginia. This is Ben Olson. With me is Nathan Fox in Los Angeles. Hello. Hello. Are you just saying hello? <laughs> or are you, it sounded like your mic wasn't working or something. <laughs> no, I'm just saying oh, hi. Okay. Hello. So today on the show, we uh, are going to tackle a lot of exciting and new things that are happening in the world. First of all... Um, we have a question about the differences between Mizzou, American, and LMU in Chicago. We have an update on the demon. We're calling it the state of the demon address, maybe. We had a Q&A session last week that was exciting for our new launch of Demon Live. In any case, we'll jump into that. Uh, we have another pearls versus turds. We have a question on how to uncancel your score, which is a unique option for people this year only. Yep. My dad sent me some interesting COVID-19 projections based on a study done at the University of Washington, I think it was. So I wanted to share those. And Did he send that from his bunker in Antarctica? <laughs> you remember that he went to Antarctica. No, um, he sent it from his bunker in Alamo, California. Oh. But... Um, I always picture him in that picture that that we had of him whatever he was doing. Yeah. Doing some scientific research. Yeah. Monitoring radio waves in Antarctica. No, but anyways, it's interesting because it has some projections on, you know, when the peaks will be state by state and we can speculate what that means for the LSAT. Sh okay. Should I take a gap year is our last question before law school. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. So anyways, this will air on Monday, April 6th. Uh, the June registration deadline is a, few weeks away on April 24th, which is the day before the April 25th LSAT, if that ends up happening. Um, if not, it seems very likely we may end up seeing a May LSAT. The June LSAT is scheduled for June 8th. That's a Monday. You can always email the show at help at thinkinglsat.com. When you do so, please send us your selfies, and we'll try to include them in our various social media posts. Also, leave us a review on iTunes. It's fun. Um... Yeah, how's life, Nathan? Nothing new, really. I mean, besides being super excited about teaching all the Demon Live stuff now, um, I am fired up about teaching LSAT. I haven't, I don't think, been this excited about teaching LSAT in years. So the conversion to online has been fun. I'm teaching more often now, and uh, so I'm digging that. Um, otherwise, you know, not a whole lot new with uh, the quarantine. I've just been, like, cooking dinner every night. I'm a Brussels sprouts master. Um, oh, how do you cook them? Do you steam them or bake them or steam what? Steam them. Psh. Jeez, come on. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I will tell you. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Make a case for your your. Let me guess. Uh, olive oil stuff like that. Spices. Is that what you're doing? Well, st first some bacon. Render the fat out of some bacon. Okay, got it. Mm -hmm. Reserve the bacon on the side. Then you sear the Brussels sprouts in the bacon mm -hmm. grease. Mm -hmm. Go for a real good hard sear on them. Okay. And then um, mix the bacon back in with some like figs mm -hmm. to sweeten it up a little bit. And uh, some chicken stock, reduce it down, make a nice like glaze. Cool, man. Quite delicious. Yeah, mm -hmm. you're making the kind of Brussels sprouts I'd order at a restaurant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a cookbook from this restaurant, Jolina, which is out on the west side, uh, Venice, Abbot Kitty. 
and they've got a really good Brussels sprouts recipe. So nice, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, I eat primarily mm-hmm. for nutrition. Right. Yeah, I know. Of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> and once I heard that if you steam them, it's even more uh, nutrient dense than uh, baking them. I stopped baking them. But anyway, why don't you just eat them raw? They're good. Oof. No, I, I do have my limits. Um, you think they're good? Oh, they're delicious. When I'm making them, when I'm when I'm prepping, I'll I definitely like eat them raw raw as Brussels I'm doing Brussels? it. Yeah. No, I'm not there yet, man. What do you eat with mm. them? Like uh, ranch dressing or something? Maybe, man, I could try the ranch dressing. I don't know. Jesus. What are you? You're just eating it raw by itself. Yes, okay. they're delicious. <laughs> it's a delicious food. Really? Okay, I'll try it. Yes. I don't know. Maybe I've just avoided it. Um, you just I, haven't I, developed the taste for it because you haven't done it. But okay, well, yeah, I'll yeah. try. I'm definitely gonna do it now and see what I think. But yeah, you know, I just took down my Christmas tree. <laughs> yeah, nice. And it's not April yet, thank God. I mean, it is when this show comes out, but it's May or it's May, March 31st. So, anyways, that was relieving. And Maria helped me get a plant, so now I have a house plant that's more than just a. I have had house plants. This is like a tree almost. So, what kind of a house plant is it? Well, I, I wish I could tell you. It starts with U or Y. Why? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It said it's very easy to take care of. <laughs> uh-huh. As long as you don't overwater it, I'm like, oh, I'm definitely not going to overwater it. Um, I might certainly underwater it, but that's okay. It's kind of a desert-looking plant. It's cool. I like it. Nice. Yeah. So that's what's up. Anywho, Mizzou. Yeah, so I got this. Um, <laughs> this kid, this made it onto the agenda at the last moment. I got a long ass text message today, and uh, I decided that rather than speculate on my own, I would um, I would share it with Ben, and we would respond on the show. I got permission, of course, to respond on. Okay, the show. so wait, this is one single text message. Message? Yeah, it's all one paragraph, and it's one text message. It's quite. Wow quite a thing i'm counting the words here it's 583 words possibly the longest text message i've ever received yep okay yeah it says hi nathan i hope you're doing well my name is redacted and i was part of your online class last year i am writing to see if you can give me some advice I know that you and Ben both say to never pay for law school, and I did receive a full ride to the University of Missouri, which would leave me in about 60000 in debt. So that must be calculating her living expenses. However, I am still really considering a school called American in Washington, D.C., which would leave me in about $200,000 in debt. Hmm. I know that this seems crazy because I have the option to pay very little for law school, but DC is really appealing to me because of the DC specific opportunities. For example, American Mm. invites really cool speakers to campus that I feel like would enrich my education and the networking there just seems better and easier to do versus if I were to go to university in Missouri and try to network to people in DC, comma, which would be more reach. I did contact the career office at the University of Missouri, and they told me that it's possible to have DC opportunities in the summer because they have a semester in practice program. And I reached out to alumni that live in DC now, and they said it's very doable as as well. They all spoke highly of the school, that is, of Missouri. (laughs) 
I'm just worried that it would actually be harder to get to DC if I went to school in Missouri. I would also like a career in public interest, but I'm keeping an open mind. University of Missouri does have the Innocence Clinic, so it has connections to the Innocence Project, which is a dream of mine to work for. But I'd also like to work for the DOJ or the ACLU somehow, although I know that's more of a stretch. I feel like those opportunities are more based in DC and I'd have a better chance of getting that job outcome. I submitted my deposit to University of Missouri, but I don't feel 100% and that's what scares me. I don't know if I'm just trying to create all these doubts in my head for no reason or if I should just be happy with the University of Missouri. Part of me thinks I'll always be wondering, what if I went to American? If you could please offer any guidance, that would be that would be appreciated. I also looked at the LinkedIn profiles of the alumni who went to American versus University of Missouri, and the American alumni network is a lot bigger and had interesting employment outcomes, but their class is also three times as big. I'm aware that American's bar passage rate and employment stats are not good compared to the University of Missouri, which has amazing stats in those areas. I'm also kind of considering Loyola in Chicago, which would in a better legal market, but it's close enough to Missouri that I could move there after school, Chicago. Mm -hmm. I also work in big law right now, so I'd like to think I can keep that connection if I go to school in Missouri and work there if I can't land a public interest position. I apologize for the long text, but I'm really lost and I have to decide soon since I need to sign an apartment lease because University of Missouri is in a college town and apartments are booked far in advance. Thank you. Redacted. <laughs> what's your uh, what's your first reaction to that? Okay, well, I don't go to American. I don't think it's worth $140,000. Well, actually, we don't know what it is because... Oh, no, no, no. She is talking about how much debt she would accrue, which is good. That's the difference in tuition plus living expense, if there's a difference in living expense. But yeah, yeah. I mean, that looks like she's, she's going to have to pay $100K plus in tuition. To go to I don't think it's I don't think it's worth it. American, I mean, the rankings don't matter, so I won't talk about it. But it does happen to be lower than Missouri. Missouri is close to Chicago. This is making me think of Ozark. I would I would go to Missouri. I would also consider looking for other places that are potentially free. I mean, look, you're you're concerned well, that is about free. going. Missouri's free. Um, Missouri's free. Oh, okay. This, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I missed that. So the 60000 is the living Just expenses? Just living expenses, yeah. Oh, great. Okay. You can probably live like a king for $20,000 a year. Yeah. I mean, go to Missouri, get Rachel Gezerse's book on basically how to hustle and get a career job, a uh, law job, and and <laughs> just do that. If someone came to you and said, here, I'm going to give you 140000 which is actually going to be a lot more than that because of interest, et cetera, will you read this book and, and follow its guidelines? Or would you like to go get some, hear some speakers in D.C.? Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, take the money and, and do what the book says, because that book is going to do more for you than a stupid speaker, too. Look, speakers can be insightful. They can give you pieces of information that you had not come in contact with before. I mean, that's kind of what this podcast does too. But where the rubber meets the road is where you actually take that information and act on it. And you're going to get a ton of well-organized, thoughtfully curated information in Rachel's book. And so if you sit down and read it and just do you know one of those things a day or a week, 
you're going to be in a much better position than you would if you paid a lot of money and just ended up at American and hoped that being in the DC environment would lead to those opportunities. I agree that it'd be better to be in DC, but I don't think it's worth that price at all. Well, to allow me to randomly speculate, but my guess is that American doesn't carry like an amazing amount of weight in DC. No. No, like, are you it's, really it's impressing people the, with an American JD in DC? I mean, there is a network, but yeah, when you talk about DC schools, you're talking about Georgetown, uh, George Washington, UVA. Um, those are the schools that carry clout. Even George Mason, the public university just across the Potomac in Virginia, is it's, it's a much higher ranked school, and it. It has more street cred, if you will, than American. American is sort of batched with them. There are a ton of law schools here. You have Catholic, you have Howard, you have American, you have UDC. Um, These schools have their place, uh, but American is not in the upper tier. They're good regional schools if you can go there for free. Yep. Or if you're like stuck, you know, specifically tied to the DC area and you have to stay in DC, then okay, those are your options. But She's already got applications in across the country, and she's already got a full ride to to Mizzou. I, I, yeah, it, this seems like a pretty clear case of don't pay for law school because yeah, the set yeah the second she said, well, they have really cool speakers. I was like, oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> like of all the terrible reasons yeah. to pick a law school, um, you know, enrich your education. I don't know. It, when you go to law school, you're buying a JD. You're buying a piece of paper that says you're a Juris Doctor and you're, you know, certified to sit for the bar. You're going to do everything else for yourself. And schools like this are just not impressing anybody. No. Uh, also, by the way, Mizzou probably is going to have maybe just as good of speakers. I don't know if AAU focuses on speakers or something like that, but I imagine they have their own. They just haven't marketed that to you. Also, it would be cheaper to find out when these speakers are speaking, fly <laughs> to D.C. on those days, get a hotel, at a nice hotel. Very, you know. Well, how about this? You could reach out to that speaker and offer them. You could pay them $5,000 and buy them a first-class ticket, and they could fly out to your school. You can arrange a, a speech on your campus and still yeah. be cheaper than paying this additional 100000 plus in tuition. Yeah. Oh, man. You could do it on your own dime, and everybody would be scratching their heads, and you'd be like, you know what? I'm in the black, so <laughs> we're good. If, and if Loyola Chicago, if, you know, if they want to give you a full ride, and then you're comparing the full ride there to the full ride at Mizzou, then okay, that's a different comparison. But if you're thinking of like randomly paying tuition there, I, I, I can't imagine that that's a better decision either. You have a full ride in hand. You, you would be a fool to turn that down. Mm-hmm. All right. Clear about that? Yep, we're clear. Awesome. Thanks, Redacted. Uh, you want to take us through this next bit? Yeah. So we have learned a lot in the last few weeks about the demon online teaching. Uh, we've been doing it for a while, but not to the extent that we have recently uh, because of the coronavirus, of course, uh, everything has gone online, which has been an exciting journey. And we have just launched 
Demon Live. We had the Demon and Demon Premium before, but now we have Demon Live, and we're excited to tell you about it. What do you want to say? I mean, the first thing I want to say is that the the Demon Live is our live online LSAT class. So if you're looking for a live online LSAT class, we have one. Um, We hope that you will study with us. We've been for years hearing people say like, hey, listen to the show for a long time. Love you guys. Wish I could study with you, but I'm in Omaha. So I'm going to take this, you know, local on-campus class or local Kaplan class or whatever, because they just happen to have a in-person classroom class. Well, those aren't a thing anymore, at least for now. And if you're going to be studying live, you're going to have to study live online. And we really hope that you will study with us because we think we have basically the best option on the market. So that's, that's all, that's all brand new. That all just happened in the last like week. It came together. All the pieces and parts were there. We just had to like put it together. So if you would like me and Ben and all of our TAs to be your live LSAT teachers, uh, you can do that at lsatdemon.com. Boom. We did a, uh, yeah, we did an office hours. Uh, so, so part of the new thing, and I guess this is maybe the first little bit of news is that we're giving a new thing to all demon subscribers, um, on, we're doing that Tuesdays, right? We're doing that today. We're doing that today. I mean, this is going to come out Monday, so it'll be tomorrow, tomorrow. for those of you who are hearing this. <laughs> yeah. New thing, Tuesdays at uh, 5 Pacific, 8 Eastern is Office Hours with Ben and Nathan. It's basically just you know extra help, or you can just come and say hi to us. But uh, we do a Q&A, uh, again, 5 o'clock Pacific, 8 o'clock Eastern every Tuesday, and that's f- uh, for all uh, the entire Demon community. Mm-hmm. And the way to join that is to go into your Demon account, click on the menu, click on lessons, click on events, and you'll see the the RSVP links there. You do need the RSVP because the link changes from week to week, but um, that's how you get into that Zoom meeting and just come with your questions or come with your smiling face. That's all we care about. So that's a new Demon feature. I don't. What do you think, Ben? Should we go through the different tiers and just explain to people what we got? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What we're thinking so we're about talking it. about lsatdemon.com if you're just joining us. But yeah. Mm-hmm. So the LSAT Demon is the world's best AI tutor. Um, you do LSAT questions and it learns from your mistakes. And it feeds you just right challenges that are designed to help you improve the fastest you can. And then immediately follows up with witty, in my opinion, <laughs> explanations by Nathan and and videos from me, some written explanations. I haven't done nearly as many as you have, but that immediate feedback I think is crucial. We really designed the demon with teaching methodology in mind. I'm sorry to go off on a tangent here, but I mean, you know, by giving you challenges that are at your skill level and by immediately giving you feedback on why that question is right or wrong. Yeah. It's the it's the best way to learn. I there's just this has been shown over and over in so many different domains. Yeah. Get it right, no problem. Fine. Skip the explanation, go on to the next one. But if you struggle with the question or if you miss it, then there's going to be multiple probably multiple videos, uh written explanations and you can just really sort out exactly why um the theory's all in there, all the instructions in there. But uh let's see you just, you know, try some questions on your own, miss a question, and then you can learn everything you need to learn. And that's all inside the demon. If it still doesn't make sense, hit ask and 
Yep. Nathan will help you. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Hit, hit the ask button and, and the team will get back to you right away. If that means we need to write a new explanation, it may take me a day or two to, to get back to you. But as of yesterday, I was caught up with all of those ask button requests. And I hope I'm nearing the end of my million word writing project, but I don't know. <laughs> I'm just going to put my head down and keep doing them. Yeah. So here's what you get with the demon. Uh, the demon is $95 a month. It gives you access to, uh, yeah, 24 hours a day. You could be studying your ass off and watching videos from me, videos from Ben, reading written explanations. The demon by itself is everything that that you need. Uh, we do have some higher level tiers if you want extra stuff, but the demon is, is awesome. You can drill timed sections, you can do time tests and you can come to those Tuesday office hours. And when you want to start doing more live stuff, when you want to start doing more interactive stuff, the premium level, uh, allows you, it gets you invitations to two proctored practice tests every Saturday. Um, it's two different time zones. It's the same test, but every Saturday, at 6 and 9 a.m. Pacific and Eastern, and at 10 a.m., 1 p.m., uh, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. That was kind of complicated how I said that, huh? If yeah. you're on the East Coast, <laughs> if you're yep. on the East Coast, the practice tests on Saturdays are 9 a.m. and 1 p.m. If you're on the West Coast, uh, the practice tests are 6 a.m. and 10 a.m. We understand that 6 a.m. might be a little early, but 10 a.m. Yeah. Uh, Pacific. And then also at the premium level, you get, uh, there's an extra help session on Sundays live with one of our TAs. You can ask any question you want. Lately, we've been doing those Sunday extra helps with Shay as a um, themed extra help. So it'll be like, okay, today we're going to talk about logic games, or today we're going to talk about this specific type of um, logical reasoning question or whatever those there's different themes, uh, to that extra help on Sundays. And then on Thursdays, premium users, um, get to do a timed section and review with one of our TAs. Yeah. Uh, so there's a little more face-to-face stuff, uh, and, the, and the lessons in the premium tier. Oh yeah. And the lessons. That's right. I forgot about that. So we, we have written a course inside the demon premium subscribers can just click through all of these lessons for people who want a little more of like a traditional LSAT course, they can click through, uh, and read a bunch of, um, theory about the LSAT. And that's, that's what I'm working on right now. So Nathan's hitting those ask button requests and I'm, I'm, uh, continuing to develop those lessons, uh, more fully. And they, they cover yeah, they're all the different question already, types, but Jesus. also, yeah, like personal statement stuff, um, admissions questions, yeah. uh, the, the LSAT writing. Uh, and there were some other things, too. I just I can't remember now. <laughs> yeah, <But laughs> there's a lot anyway, there. It keeps expanding. Yeah. So. The new level, so for people who really want it to be interactive and face-to-face all the time, LSAT Demon Live offers you seven days a week uh, interaction with me, with Ben, with our TAs. There's, there's, there is an event every single day live online and you can just, uh, RSVP for those when you're a live subscriber. The big differences are, well, I guess I'll just go through the whole calendar. Just um, go through the days, right? Start yeah. with Sunday, maybe I'll start mm-hmm. with Saturday. Saturday is, uh, okay. the, the full practice test. So that's for premium users and live users. Um, the full five section proctored practice test with a proctor, just yeah. like the real mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. Yep. on, on that's on Saturdays. And then immediately following the test on Saturday, well, depending which time you take the test, but, um, following the second test on Saturday, I do a 
Q&A from that test. So it's not enough time to like review every single question, but I certainly will talk about the game section. I'll talk about whichever, you know, reading comprehension passage bothered the class the most. I'll talk about a few of the logical reasoning questions. Uh, it's just a way to immediately review that practice test that you did with me on Saturday afternoon. And that's only for uh, the live level. Sunday is an entire day of instruction for the live students. And the way we've currently got that structured, I suppose it might change moving forward. But the schedule mm-hmm. that we do right now is uh, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern it starts and we do an hour worth of logical reasoning questions. We do those one at a time. So I give, I I dump a question, a link in the chat uh, in zoom and people click on it. They do the question in the demon and then I review that question with them Mm. and we do that for an hour. Then at 11 Pacific, 2 PM Eastern, we do the same thing, but with logic games for an hour. Then at uh, noon Pacific three Eastern, we do reading comp for an hour. And then at one o'clock we go into a timed section. Uh, So I put 35 minutes on the clock proctor it for you guys. You do one timed section and then we get back together and review. We've had good success so far, Ben, you mentioned this yesterday, good success with the breakout rooms in zoom. Mm -hmm. I think that's especially a really good way to review reading comp. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. it, Zoom can automatically divide people into the breakout rooms. It's awesome. I just go, okay, hey, you guys are going to go into small groups. Here you go. Boom. <laughs> You're just immediately in the small group with two or three other people. Mm-hmm. And then you can chat through the reading comp. And reading comp, you know, the truth is all the answers are just there in the passage. So with reading comp, most groups are able to figure out the answers amongst themselves. And I think that might be a more useful learning experience than me just like telling you what the answer is. Mm-hmm. So that's how we review reading comp. Um, anyway, that's all day Sunday and that's uh, for live subscribers only. Yeah. And, and again, same thing. You got to go into the demon, click on lessons, events, and you can you know sign up for that class, but you don't have to show up for all of it, right? I mean, no, no, no. You, know. you, you definitely don't need to show up for all of it. I mean, it, it would be kind of crazy for someone to do a hundred percent of all everything we're offering. I guess if you're laid off your job and you're stuck at home and you don't have anything better to do then Hey, sure. Fine. Join us. You know, <laughs> like we'd yeah. love to have you. It's just that we don't expect that any human is going to really do all of these things. We've got it structured a little bit so that people can pick and choose. For example, the way we're doing Saturday morning with an hour of LR and then an hour of LG and then an hour of RC, it's like, Hey, if you're already perfect on the games, then maybe you don't need to come to the games hour. Or if you are already really strong in reading comp and you don't want to do that, you can skip the reading comp. Just leave the zoom meeting, go eat lunch and come back. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And by the way, you just said Saturday, but Sunday. Oh, sorry. Sorry. That's, that's on Sunday. My bad. Sunday after class, after mm-hmm. the live class, we also have uh, an extra help session. Um, that's one of the extra helps that's available to all the premium subscribers. So Sunday afternoon, premium and live, uh, do an extra help session. Shay's been doing that one when she mm-hmm. has time on her breaks from the Ohio State University Law School. Monday, there is a time section and review that's just for live subscribers. That's, by the way, uh, the second section of the same test that I started on Sunday afternoon. So if you do all the time section and review, that's an additional proctored practice test. Um, So there's a test on Saturday, and then there's one section a day, Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. 
Yep. And so if you do all that, you'll be doing two full tests a week plus Which reviewing it. Which is kind of the schedule we've been talking about for years, right? It's like yeah. do a test on the weekend and then do yeah. a time section one per day, four days of the week. And we're saying, okay, those four days are Sunday, Monday, yeah. Wednesday, and Thursday if you want to do it with us. And you'll get two tests done. You'll have two scores at the end of every week. Yeah, I mean, it's awesome because now we can like guide you through it. You know, a lot, yep. a lot of why people sign up for people have this like idea that a live in-person class is better. Mm -hmm. But the only reason why it's better is because of like the accountability and like the handholding that you get. It's not like the instruction is any better. Definitely not. In fact, I think the instruction might be better on zoom because I can like see your face. I can see your, like your name and your face and you're asking a question and I can like respond directly to you. And I don't know. And in person, sometimes people can get lost in the back mm-hmm. of the room or whatever. There is no back of the room in Zoom. Mm-hmm. And you can chat questions. I get that a lot. Yeah. Sometimes people aren't mm-hmm. totally confident in throwing out their question to everybody, but they send it in the chat and you're like, okay. Well, yeah, you can I'll either chat it, it to everyone or you can chat it privately. Just to, the, just to me, that's fine too. Cool. So Monday, I'll just go through the rest of this calendar. Monday is a time section and review with the TA. Right now that's at six Pacific, nine Eastern. We've got the times kind of during the week, we've got various times because we're we're not sure what people are really going to like. So we might tweak this a little bit going forward, but 6 p.m. It's on, also giving people like flexibility, right? Like, oh, I can't normally yeah. be there at 6, but I could be there at 7, and there is a 7 o'clock start time on some yeah. nights. So different options for different people, right? So pick and choose the stuff that works with your schedule. Tuesday at 5 Pacific, 8 Eastern, we have office hours with me and Ben. Um, that was really fun last week to just chat to the demon community that's for that's open for everybody, all levels of subscription. And then at mm-hmm. six o'clock, uh, the live students get another hour of instruction with me. Um, that's going to mostly be either logic games or logical reasoning. Not sure yet how that's going to shake out, but that's uh, six Pacific nine Eastern on Tuesdays. Whatever you do, it's called power hour. With power Nathan. hour. That's right. <laughs> Wednesday. It's like a CrossFit class for LSAT students. Yeah. Wednesday, we have uh, a f- so an early one, 4 p.m. Pacific, uh, 7 Eastern. That's a timed section and review with one of our TAs. Thursday, it's at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 Eastern, a timed section and review, again, with one of our TAs. Friday at noon Pacific, 3 Eastern, we have the Friday fundamentals. Um, I'm teaching that class right now. Had a great time last Saturday teaching a Friday noon class. I, that was, I thought it was, it was cool. Cause it was like a little sort of relaxing, um, mm. Friday mm-hmm. afternoon, you know, people are either done with work or about to be done with work, but we just went through some fundamental stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that was really useful just kind of in a Q and a format. And that's the schedule for the week. So seven days a week, uh, live, online instruction for our demon live subscribers. Yeah. And how's that for a sales pitch? (laughs) I hope it was one of those things where people are curious because it's something that they will find useful. Um, We don't like selling bullshit. I mean, we have to, it's necessary part of having a business, but um, no, we, we we're proud of it and we, you know, we really hope that you'll, study with us. I well, I was thinking we about this the other day, actually. I yeah. mean, sometimes when you're charging money for things, it does feel like tainted or something, right? But at the same time, it's what keeps it 
flowing and going, right? Like we're investing a lot in development and um, everybody's time and effort and, and it's kind of a necessary component of the whole thing. But <laughs> as much as we love it, you, we wouldn't yeah. be doing it for free. So yeah, <laughs> yeah it does cost yeah. something. I mean, I, I don't know. We probably would do the, some of these things are free, right? I mean, they're pretty fun, but just the whole process is, is, is expensive, but it's also exciting. I mean, it's fun to build and I hope that people benefit from it. It's going to get better and better. I mean, we're, we're now putting everything into it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're committed to the idea that live online instruction is the future of our business and we're, we're, go, we're all in. So yeah. yeah, Demon Live is, is going to be the thing going forward. Cool. Um, all that's at lsatdemon.com if you are curious. Okay, so we had some questions um, about the LSAT and so forth when we were doing this Q&A. We thought we'd share with you all because they seem like questions several people would have. Uh, the first one says, I have a question for Ben and Nathan, but I don't want to put it in the chat because I don't want to sound like an ass. <laughs> okay. I'm a high scorer. My scores have been all over the 170s, and my last one was a 180. That's That's awesome and rare. So I was wondering how to best maintain my ability without burning out until April or whenever the next test ends up being. Um, look, most people aren't scoring in the 170s or even ever going to get a 180, but we do get this question a lot. You know, how do I, I'm kind of where I want to be, but or how do I keep my score until the next test? And with the April test being potentially canceled uh, and people not being able to take it until May or June, some people may be facing this question right now. What do you say? How to stay sharp, you mean? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I I don't think staying sharp is that hard. Yeah. I I would be more worrying about burning out than like, you know, how to stay sharp. I think if you do one test a week would be more than enough. Mm-hmm. I so agree. for example, if be, you were, mm-hmm. if you were a, a demon live subscriber and you just wanted to come to the, the time section and review, that would be plenty. I mean, mm-hmm. you would actually still be improving if you just did that. Yep. So one section, four days a week plus review yeah. that would definitely, that would not only maintain your abilities, but it, it would also, um, improve your skills. Alternatively, if you just were a normal regular demon subscriber and you just did drilling, yep. 15, 20 minutes of drilling most days, that's gotta be enough mm-hmm. to, to keep your skills high. Yeah. And still improve as long as you're reviewing and yeah. curious why you missed something. <laughs> Even a few questions, right? Like do a handful yeah. of logical reasoning today, do one logic game tomorrow do one reading comprehension the day after that and then just keep cycling through mm-hmm. for someone who has already scored an actual 180 on a practice test. I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's more than yeah. enough to stay sharp. This is not the type of thing. It's just, you didn't cram for this, right? You practiced your ass off to get your skills this high and that you're not going to forget how to do all that. You're, you're, it's going to take very minimal maintenance. Yeah. For yeah, for <laughs> April or whenever the next test ends up being. Did they give a deadline on when they're going to cancel the April test? I thought they had. They well they did say that April 10th is when they would tell everyone. That's what I meant. Yeah, okay. Yes. So they're going to tell everybody um, by so then. So that's Yeah, and Hopefully that's like before 4 days then. from now. Yeah. She did say yeah, President Testy did say she does want to tell us as early as possible because she knows people are making plans, yada yada, but 
We'll see what happens. It seems like a no-brainer to cancel. I can't imagine doing that. At this point, yeah. Well, especially when we start talking about these projections. When even Trump is, like, finally on board, yeah. it seems like the LSAC should probably get on board. And he's the one who slowed everyone down, right? Like, you think, hmm, should I, should I take action here or not? And you have the President of the United States saying, oh, I don't know, we might reopen soon. You're like, maybe it's not as serious as I thought right. it was. <laughs> Right. Uh, anyways, um, this next question. If you're planning on taking the April LSAT, do you recommend spacing out full-length practice tests differently now that the test might be canceled? That just seems like over-engineering it. Yeah, like you're trying to like, oh, I have 10 tests that I need to take, and now I'm going to take them over three months instead of over... I don't know, two months? No, just you, you, you actually, I think the best way to study is always just focus on the week. You can do more by taking one time section a day for four of those days and a time test on the weekend, or you can do a little bit less, pull back because I don't know, it's too much for you and you don't want to get burned out and you see the test being further away. I mean, this kind of dovetails, I guess, into our last question, but if you're trying to decide, by the way, between a full-length practice test one week and time sections, my preference would be that you take time sections because I think you're more likely to review them and learn from them. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. I I also want everybody I want everybody to just like stay in the moment a little bit. I mean, I get it that lawyers are type A, and you know, you tend to be like planners and doers, and you're you want to know, you want the whole schedule of events, you know, for the next six months while you're studying for the LSAT, but that's all going to change anyway. So instead of trying to engineer your perfect study schedule for the next three months, it's to me, it's much more like, well, what are you going to do today? You know what I mean? Yeah. What are you going to do today that involves an official practice problem? And learning from it. Right. So, which is like, I mean, <laughs> the demon is, is designed for that. Like y- when you open up the demon, it's literally like, well, you want to do LR, LG or a reading comp click on it. And it's like, good, here's a question. <laughs> and so you're just instantly within five seconds of logging onto the demon, you can be working on a real LSAT question. And then if you struggle with it at all, then you've got what we think is the best instruction in the world right there. And it's just, it's more like we need more of that and less yes. of the whole, just like, how do I perfectly schedule my studies? <laughs> there's really no such thing. It's great that you're planning ahead and you want to study, but there's no like, yeah, I don't know that que- that question to me you know, especially because they might cancel the test. Should I space out my shit differently? It's like, I don't, what? (laughs) Yeah. No. What are we doing today? I get this a lot. I think that people are not this particular question. I mean, the cancellation of the April set is, is kind of new, but this idea of like, okay, so I'm going to study, for the next two or three months, how much is my score going to go up? And I'm like, <laughs> you could have the exact same GPA and starting LSAT score as the person sitting right next to you, and you bump it up 
you know, 20 points over the next two and a half months, and the person next to you goes up five. Like, I, I can't tell you what's going to happen. We just have to start studying, getting things wrong, figuring out why we got them wrong, and then doing it again. And then over time, you'll start to see your scores and where they seem to be going. But like, even then, you don't necessarily know how it's all going to play out. All you can do is study a little bit every day, push the ball forward, and make yourself more and more ready so that when you end up taking it, you're as ready as you could have gotten by that time by using every day as best you could. Um, I think they want that schedule because they think that somehow if they follow it, it's like you do you check boxes A, B, and C, and now you'll get to score, you know, 165 or one the most commonly requested score it's 170 i just have to get a 170 oh yeah okay well <laughs> um you know i'm not asking for a 180 <laughs> I'm, okay I'm, just, I'm trying to get a 170 okay well that's still the top three percent so yeah uh anyway i mean uh, go for it i'm not trying to discourage you from getting a 170 i'm just saying that people want this certainty right if i do xyz will i get 170 in three months it's like i'm sorry i can't tell you yeah i mean i feel you i i get that you want that knowledge but we don't know i mean i don't know how long this process is going to take you i don't know where you're going to end up i don't know whether school x is going to admit you with school y and i do not know whether they're going to give you a scholarship or not <laughs> I mean, it's just like, I can't, people are asking me to speculate all the time and I just, I can't do it. I don't, I don't know what I, what I do know is that if you're still studying for the LSAT, you should be working on an LSAT question right now. You should be asking me about an LSAT question. Yep. Instead of asking about all this other stuff, you should be asking me about an LSAT question <laughs> because there are questions you don't understand. And those are the questions that have something to teach you. So you should just be working on that. As far as people who already applied and they're just like asking me to speculate about scholarships, I mean, I, I can't, I don't know. I just don't know. It's, it's so random, weird, random shit happens. I don't know. You're going to have yeah. to wait until you get all your offers. I would recommend that you push back on all the schools, any school that's asking you for a deposit right now, you tell them, Hey, can you bump that deadline because of coronavirus? And what the hell are they going to say? I suppose they could say no. But most schools, I think, will say yes. They should know that you know things are moving slowly right now, and you should be able to push things off a little bit. Yeah, um, that actually takes me back to Redacted's thing about like she has to sign up for Mizzou right now because of the apartment situation. Hmm. I don't know, man. I think apartments are going to be cheap for the next. My um, random speculation here, but I've already I kind of keep an eye sometimes on like rents and real estate around L.A. Hmm. It looks like shit's falling already. Hmm. Yeah, mean, well, people don't have the the income that they did, and so they're probably yeah. Oh yeah, there's like a freeze on evictions, and I'm sure you know every bartender and waiter and whatever else. Like, I mean, I feel sorry for all these people that are out of work, but they just can't pay rent. So I I don't know I I don't <laughs> I I can't imagine that there's any need to like move real quickly on any of this stuff for any reason right now. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Well, that was a couple different tangents. Tangents off of tangents. What do you think about this next question? Can you recommend <laughs> sets of question types to drill together when targeting weaknesses? Yeah. I uh, definitely have question types that I recommend that people do together. The default is to not 
filter out question types. So what this person is talking about is in logical reasoning, uh, when you go into the demon and you start drilling, it just looks at your study history, it looks at your skill levels and says, hey, here's the question we think you should do. And it pulls from all the different question types in logical reasoning and gives more weight to those that are more frequent. But you can override that a little bit. You can say, hey, look, demon, I love you, but I only want to do flaw questions or something like that, right? And we would generally recommend not doing that because that's not what you're going to do on test day. If you do the same question type over and over, you start to anticipate what the LSAT's going to ask you. It distorts how you read the passage. I don't think that's a good idea. But I'm open to the idea of people picking two or three question types and targeting those. I think the most common by far in terms of recommendations that I make to people is to pick necessary assumption and sufficient assumption questions. You're doing two question types, so you don't know what kind of question you're going to get. But at the same time, by doing them back to back to back, you can start to sense, oh, I see why this is a necessary assumption question, and I also see why this is a sufficient assumption question. So those those are two that I often recommend that people do together for a few days and then go back to letting the demon give you any and all question types in the in this section. Perfect. So sufficient assumption, necessary assumption, that's one good pair that you could drill mm-hmm. together. Um, must be true, supported, and strengthened. Yep. Mm-hmm. Would be another, another good pair. Because you can really see the difference between the top-down and bottom-up mm-hmm. question types. Yep. Are they asking Excellent. me for something that is supported by the passage? Or are they asking me for something that supports the reasoning of the passage? And mm-hmm. those are all the exact same words, but they mean totally different things. So, yeah, try doing must be trues and strengthens side by side. Uh, another one might be flaw and weaken side by side. Another option is that sometimes people struggle with answer choices that ask them to describe what's happening because they struggle with the abstract terminology mm. that the LSAT likes. So you could you could do a dose of those reasoning um, by doing role. reasoning role mm-hmm, and flaw together. So you're getting different question types, but each of those types is asking you to describe what's happening. And you start to get better at saying, oh, okay, I can see how this answer does describe, although abstractly, what is happening here. Cool. Might also be fun to do strengthen and weaken at the same time. Sure. Yeah. Realize Mm -hmm. how similar those actually are. That lots of Mm -hmm. times you strengthen an argument by defending it against a certain attack. So you'll realize that those those two types are are almost identical in a lot of ways. It's just it's just a matters whose team you're on, you know, which Mm -hmm. answer you pick. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, this next question is asking for where are the schedules? What's the easiest way for people to find those schedules for live classes, extra help and all that? Uh, probably the easiest way is just to go into the demon, click on lessons, click on events, and you'll see the links to the Google calendars there. Um, you could subscribe to that Google calendar, whatever time zone is, best for you and then just yeah now it's in your google calendar or in your iphone or whatever wherever those things pop up yeah eventually we need to surface that for people who aren't even subscribed i know annalisa is working on a um, redesign of the 
landing page. Oh, yes. Oh, that will, yes. <laughs> when people aren't logged into the demon, they should still be able I'm to sorry. see these calendars. Yeah, of but we're, we're working on We'll that. have those on the homepage. That'll be on the homepage, yeah. and we'll try to link yeah, to it the in the show notes. Out. Yes. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Perfect. I'm going to write a note for that, actually. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, hmm. What's the best way? Okay. Next one. Uh, I think we kind of covered the differences between premium and live. Do we need to go into that? Yeah, there are still, so everybody's getting everything they were always getting and more. Um, we, we've like added stuff for all different, all subscriber levels. So Mm -hmm. if you have been a premium subscriber, nothing's changing. You're still getting the extra help you're used to. You're still getting practice tests that you're used to. Um, there's just additional stuff for live and same thing for demon too. If you're just a, a regular demon subscriber, now you've got the office hours with me and Ben, um, every Tuesday. So we gave everybody a little bit extra and added the, uh, the higher level tier for people who really want like a live LSAT class. Um, that's LSAT demon live. Yeah. Um, cool. Oh yeah. We got this email. Yeah. Let me read this. So this is, uh, this is someone who joined us for state of the demon. And I think almost immediately signed up for live after hearing about it. And they say, hello, this is the first week for me to attend the live online class. Please let Nathan, Ben, and the team know I love the classes very much. Exclamation point. Aw. I need daily structure to practice and learn LSAT. I am thankful I found LSAT Demon. Although I am tired after four hours of LSAT lessons and times timed sections with Nathan today. Okay, so they wow, they went to four hours of it with you. I am extremely happy this is this is I need the I need at this time. This is something I need at this time. Oh, okay. Maybe because of Corona. I look forward to joining most daily sessions and I am confident my score will improve dramatically with my daily LSAT workout with LSAT demon. Thank you and see you soon. Anonymous. Why did, why did they capitalize you? I guess because they're going to see you live online. <laughs> I don't know. People love caps. Okay. Well, uh, that was a very nice puff piece. We appreciate it. It's, um, uh, it's great to hear that it's kind of, or it appears to have some of the effect that we were hoping, right? That people could connect and yeah. really start. I'm feeling the connection with the students. I mean, it's been, it's been a while since I've felt this good about teaching the LSAT. I don't know if maybe I just needed like something, you know, like a little shake up, but, uh, I do really feel like I'm able to connect with the live students and, um, it's fun. It's just fun to see the light bulbs go on. You know, I mean, I fell in love with this gig 10 plus years ago. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I don't know, maybe if you just do the same thing too much, you just kind of lose appreciation for it. Sure. I don't know. I could, I suppose it could also just be like this, the whole coronavirus thing has, you know, the fact that it's kind of slowed down the pace of life a little bit and, uh, I'm just very appreciative, you know, for, of, of all of the, I just have a lot to be grateful for. And LSAT teaching is one of those things. It's, it is, it is really an honor to be able to take like smart, hardworking people that have been struggling with this test and just show them, Hey, here's how I understand it. And it's not that bad, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, hopefully I can get you to, to agree, to see it my way that it's just not that bad. Yeah. Um, and it really is fun to the, when I give people that aha moment. I mean, it's just delightful. You know, you've been doing it for a long time too. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Pearls versus turds time. Yeah, it's you. This is a five-step 
tip oh about okay. how to get faster at games <laughs> wow it's very authoritative <laughs> do this do that Da-da. okay i'm ready okay so it's five tips how to get faster at games number one develop a muscle memory by doing as many games as possible including games from tests one through 30 because they're weird and different two flash memorize that's in quotation marks by the way quote flash (laughs) memorize okay what's that okay well turn the rules uh the words into pictures try to understand them on one reading and create an accurate diagram so you don't have to keep referring to the rules okay there are like pearls here but they're kind of hidden in a turd all right. Yeah, they're kind of like, yeah, it's like <laughs> they're burying the lead. <laughs> they're sticking a pearl in the center of a turd. You have to dig yeah. through the turd to find the pearl. Repeat game. Number three, repeat games until, quote, you can do it without a hitch, end quote. Repeat the game to better understand and learn what you did wrong until you ace it and it's second nature. Where is Where are these coming from? I have no idea. <laughs> Whoever wrote these is not a great writer. Four. Yeah. Aim for so you're 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 leaving out the the arrows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. I don't. I know. There's a bunch of weird if then arrows in here, which I'm just ignoring. Four. Aim for perfect. Not good enough. Do a game. Do it a week later, and if you still get something wrong, you need to repeat it five times, or. <laughs> Until you get it perfect. <laughs> okay. Wow, this is going to be fun to talk about. This is, I'll, for, for one thing, this is overly complicated for, for sure. This could have been <laughs> communicated in like one sentence. Yeah. Five. Take a lesson from Rage Against the Machine guitarist Tom Morello. <laughs> Play a riff slowly a hundred times to get faster. Speed is a product of understanding. Okay, so there are turds in here. I mean, sorry, there are pearls in here. And turds, but pearls. So maybe we should tease those out. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to try to boil this down into one, into an actual pearl. Mm -hmm. Practice games a lot. Repeat the ones you struggle with, especially. Yeah. And people do have a question like, how many times should I repeat them? There's diminishing marginal returns here. In other words, if you suck at a game pretty badly, maybe you should watch the video. Maybe you should watch a few videos until you're like, okay, I'm starting to understand this. And then you should do it again. Or maybe you should wait a couple of days and do it again. Um, the the value to waiting a couple of days is that... Ooh, you, you might not instantly remember what you just saw in the video and have to think about it a little bit more and we can see whether you really kind of internalized what you watched. But okay, let's say you do it a second time and you still kind of suck at it, but you are better than you were before. Should you do it a third time? Maybe. Um, but there's also lots of other games out there and maybe you should let the demon decide which games you should be doing, given the fact that you didn't do so well on the one it gave you already. That's probably a better use of your time. I'm not saying to not redo games. I'm just saying there's way too much like 
thought process here um, and saying that you should do a game five times or until you get it perfect, that's too much. Uh, just, I'm not saying that there's never going to be a time in your life when you've repeated a game a fifth time, but I would just, yeah, like you're saying, Nathan, do lots of games, review the shit out of them, and just keep focusing on yeah. the next game. Uh, there, there's some there's some things in each one of these points that are like I'm not sure about that. So you know, do as many games as possible. Absolutely, including yeah. games from one through thirty because they're weird and different. What do you think about that? I would say instead, just do games. Yeah. And if it happens to be from one through thirty, don't freak out like some people do and say, "Oh, okay, well, I'm not going to do this because it's so old." No, just just do games. <laughs> Hey, I have and, a I have a hypothesis. Yeah. Speaking of mm. weird and different, this is a tangent. But remember how earlier today we were talking about how the new LSAC thing doesn't allow access to certain tests. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. As of right now, the demon gives you access to all the tests, but the LSAC, whatever the hell it has, it doesn't have it's tests. One through eighteen are excluded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One through eighteen, and also not test twenty-one. You said twenty-one. Yeah, and A and B. <laughs> So we have one through 90 or one through 89 right now, soon to be one through 90, as soon as 90 gets released, whenever that happens, we'll always have all the tests um, and A and B, C and J. So we got mm-hmm. all the tests, but the LSAC thing, they only have some of the tests. They, they are dropped all those earlier tests mm-hmm. for some reason. Could it mm-hmm. be that those tests I'm predicting your speculation? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are they do show their age in certain places? Mm-hmm. I wrote an explanation yesterday for a very uh, gendered LSAT logical reasoning question. Yeah, I've seen those. There's, you familiar? there's things about married couples and things about yeah. Well, check this one out. I feel like okay. I this is how this is an example of how the LSAT has uh, changed a lot. Um, this was from Prep Test 14. Okay, Section Two, Number 25. It's a parallel flaw question. Man, I really want to read this argument. <laughs> I'm going to read the argument. Fuck it. I'm not going to go through all the answer choices. I'm just going to read the argument. Yeah. It says, a letter submitted to the editorial of a national news magazine was written and signed by a Dr. Shirley Martin, who, in the text of the letter, mentions being a professor at a major North American medical school. Knowing that fewer than 5% of the professors at such schools are women, the editor reasons that the chances are better than 19 to 1 that the letter was written by a man. Okay. <laughs> Which one of the following involves flawed reasoning, most yeah. like that used by the editor? Do you know what the flaw is there, Ben? Did you catch it? Uh, no, I was more focused on the doctor's name and why they were speculating about the name. But Well, they're not speculating about the name, but that does turn out to be the flaw. Um, the, the, the logic basically says chances are 19 to one that the letter, their conclusion is chances are 19 to one that the letter was written by a man because 5% of professors at med schools, you know, way back when this was written, I'm sure that's not even the the truth anymore, but 5% of the professors at med schools, apparently when this came out were women. And so the editor said, Oh, well, so this Dr. Martin, you know, Mm. odds are really good that it's a man. 
And I was looking at the question that the, the demon user had written in and, you know, they're just like totally confused, like getting caught up in all these technicalities. Mm-hmm. But the flaw is, did you catch it? Did, did you ignore the, the name? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. And that's why this question would never exist on the modern LSAT. Right. Cause it's, it's the flaw is you ignored the fact that this is a Dr. Shirley Martin. Yeah. And it is true that Shirley is, is sometimes a boy's name. It was a, it was a, an actually pretty common boy's name in like the 1800s. Mm-hmm. But since, you know, 1900 or whatever, I actually did some research on the name Shirley. My grandma's name is Shirley, but I, mm-hmm. I did some research on the name and it's, it's just an overwhelmingly girl's name. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. this argument is flawed in that it's ignoring the fact that it's signed Dr. Shirley Martin. <laughs> but yeah. it's just so crazy that like that was the flaw they were testing back in the day. Like they were testing. Did you catch that? Shirley's a girl's name. Well, that's so funny because I actually, I think I was doing like triple like backflips here. Cause I was kind of like, Oh, Shirley's a girl's name, but it could be like, you really don't know. I mean, right? Like it could be a guy's name. So then I was yeah. like, are they trying to get you to think that it's, no, it, is no. a guy's name or no, not? Because so then I was like, <laughs> the four wrong answers are like not even close. And then the mm-hmm. correct answer goes, well, 19 out of every 20 animals in the wildlife preserve are mammals. Only one out of 20 is a bird. So the animal that Emily just saw flying between two trees <laughs> must be a mammal. A yeah. <laughs> and the flaw there is, no, it's flying. Just like the flaw is, no, it's Shirley. Yeah. But I'd, anyway, I just thought it was, I thought it was a really interesting bit of like LSAT culture that, mm-hmm. that they, you know, there's no fucking way they would put, thank God, there's no way they would put anything like this on the modern test. They're very careful to stay with the times and not be talking about men and women so much and all this like unnecessary gender stuff. Yeah. It's interesting. Anyway, hmm. um, games in tests one through 30, the games are not nearly as weird as the LR questions. I don't think, I mean, the game, maybe the games are harder, but I don't think they're like crazily weird and different. I mean, there, I would say, yeah, some of these games are a little bit harder like in the in the 20s sure. and 30s. Not but, all of them. No, I mean lots of them are just normal. Yeah. Okay, anyway, um there was some good in this uh tip. We're going to call it a tie. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was well intended, but a little too heavy-handed. It's not a pearl. I mean, a pearl is am I going to repeat it in my LSAT class? Yeah, <laughs> that's a pearl. No, so you're not going to repeat this. When a when a student in my um, San Francisco class a couple years ago said uh, the reading comprehension is the passage is a collection of all the right answers, that was a pearl because I was like, oh, I'm stealing that. I'll continue to say that to every every time I teach reading comp from now on. I'll tell people, hey you want to read the passage carefully because that's all the correct answers right there. That's a pearl because I can say it in half a sentence yep. <laughs> and it's like useful. This is five bullet points that basically say do lots of games and keep practicing. Okay. 
Dude, what is going on with this uncancel procedure? This is Hey, hold up. Before we go there, oh. that just reminded me of something. So you just took five bullet points and turned it into one, right? <laughs> yeah. Um I'm watching this uh this uh I don't know, it's a, his, a little history, I guess, of uh, the Got Milk campaign and how that came about. And nice. the guy who came up with the phrase was talking about you know, these things are so funny because you're walking around and you have this problem that you want to solve and someone says something and you're like, "Oh, what about this? So I guess they were trying to figure out how to market milk. And at the point when they, when they were, um, well, this is a little ironic because I don't think it's actually even true. So the original pitch was like, check your refrigerator to see whether it has milk because milk (laughs) is a thing that you probably need and should buy. Well, so actually the original pitch was that milk was healthy and they had been doing this pitch for a uh, long time yeah, uh-huh. and it didn't, it wasn't changing, you know, it wasn't moving sales at all. And uh, which I find ironic because I don't think actually milk is, is healthy. I think not a lot of studies have shown that yeah. animal products in general are just, you know, they're not as good for you. But mm-hmm. anyway, so in any case, uh, so then someone in like someone's, you know, wife or something like that was talking to them and she said oh you know um i'd really i really notice milk when it's like gone like i have my coffee in the morning and i want to add milk or something like that or i'm having a cookie and i want to add milk and i like don't have it Mm -hmm. that's and so then they're like oh instead of talking about its health let's start talking about its um you know do you have it and so at the beginning of the meeting this guy was like, well, let's just, just throw up the idea, got milk, question mark. And so they put it up. And then they came, some other people came in like, oh, that's stupid. It's super short. It doesn't mean anything. And then they're like, well, if we're going to go down this road, what we're really saying is, do you do you have enough milk? So then there was this talk about like, should we say got enough milk? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, like, no, no, like just keep it as simple wow. as fuck, you know, like yeah. got milk. And um, then they went on and started talking about the, the how they taught, chose the topography, and there was some debate about that. And I saw some of the original like you know fonts that they were using, and you're just like, it doesn't have the same uh. feel. It, uh, but anyways, um, what we're trying to do is boil these things down to. <laughs> yeah, we're looking for the got milk of LSAT tips. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And That's what we're looking for. Got enough milk? <laughs> <laughs> That is funny. Not as good. All right. Um, LSAC's uncanceled procedure. This might be the first that some people are hearing of this. Yeah, and I will admit we should probably run through it quickly because this only applies to a narrow set of test takers, right? And maybe I can read real fast. I'll try to read like fast. Oh no, wait. It's your turn. Okay. Well, I know, I mean, basically it only applies to people who are registered for the March or April LSATs of this year. And uh, they're going to email you any canceled scores that you might have on record. And you have the option to, oh, and they're only going to send you the highest canceled score you have on record, which is great. I don't know why you'd want the others. And then you get to uncancel it if you'd like. If you'd like to. Are they doing this automatically? Uh, or do you have I to believe sign up for that it? they're doing it automatically. So I think if you are registered for the March or April LSAT, you should have already gotten an email from them and know about this. So this is more oh. just FYI for <laughs> people, for people who, who aren't getting it. Yeah, yeah they're so. gonna. This is unprecedented. Yeah, so they're gonna let let people 
uncancel their previously canceled, the highest of their previous canceled scores if you're that fucking desperate to go to law school at the last minute. Yeah. <laughs> this sounds like a real bad idea, really. Like this, this is sounds, a bad idea. Yeah. If you, yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> heck, maybe some people have canceled scores out there that are higher than they expected and maybe even good. Uh, in that case, maybe you can yeah. use it, but I don't, if they're only letting you use it for this cycle, um, <laughs> I mean, God it's damn, predatory almost. Late, right? Yeah. I mean, it shows you how in bed they are with the law schools, yeah. but like whose team they're really on. I mean, they're, it's like the law schools are like, Oh shit. Coronavirus is fucking up our end of our application cycle. Yep. We need to make money. We need applicants. LSAC, you got to help us out. <laughs> you yeah. know, the LSAC's like, Oh sure. Yeah. 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 You need somebody to pay for all these scholarships. <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah. We'll let people uncancel their scores and then, then apply late. Hmm. Just that's just a sucker's play. Applying late in the cycle with a mediocre score. Yeah, it's just they're they're lining up suckers for the law schools. Yeah. So our recommendation would be: uh, don't use your uncanceled score to apply this cycle unless it's like off the charts and you're never going to get anything like that again, which I don't think is going to happen to most people. <sighs> Okay, um, so we don't need to bother reading this whole... Yeah, it's LSAC's, quote, review and restore opportunity. (laughs) All March and April registrants. And that's weird, too. Why is it only for March and April registrants? Because they got canceled, I guess. It seems a little weird. But if you weren't... weren't, Oh, wait a second. Do you have to use it to apply this year? I believe so. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fucking bullshit too. Yeah. <laughs> you can only use it to apply this year. So, so then, but they are going to send it to everybody who was registered for March or April. Man, I just want someone who is not registered for March or April to complain about this and make LSAC release it to everybody. <laughs> it's just so dumb. That's what, I don't know. I don't get it. Yeah. Well, we should. I mean, I get it that the, the G March test was canceled, but whatever. GRE, right? Do people are they allowed to see their score and then decide whether or not to make it part of their record? I feel like they no. Are. I don't not not as I recall, um, but I might be mistaking the GRE and the GMAT. I remember one of them being like, "Would you like to see your score yeah. or cancel?" Hmm. And you, it's just yes or no. And if it's like, "Would you like to see your score?" Yep, boom. Then they put it on the screen. Yeah, and then it's like part of your record. So I don't know that you can cancel scores. What's the point of letting people see their scores and then cancel? I don't know. This whole thing is such a big fucking scam, Ben. This is weird. It says, yeah, it is. (laughs) Um, It says that once you restore it, it will become part of your permanent file. Um, If that's the case, then I don't know why you couldn't use it to apply in the future. You will not be able to recancel it at some point in the future, but I don't see why you wouldn't be able to use it. So anyways, no, you can't recancel it. So you can restore it, but you have to have been registered for March or April. So that just gives this, I guess they're saying because we had to cancel March and we'll probably have to cancel April slash nobody will be able to get to their April test for a million different reasons. Yeah. I mean, it could be a real bad idea to take the April test, even if they offer it. 
right? You're going to have to get to the testing center. Some people have to like stay in hotels and stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, if anyone in your family is immunocompromised at all, slash if you just want to be a good citizen and help to flatten the curve, you don't need to be going and taking the April LSAT. There's no reason. Yeah. They need to just move it online or just cancel it. Yep. Anyway, why don't they just do this for everybody? All, every, everyone who has a previously canceled, canceled score, they should just email you out your highest canceled score and say, hey, would you like to uncancel this? Yeah. Anyway, that's happening. You want to talk about these uh, coronavirus protections? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, projections. <laughs> Not protections. Not protections. Projections. Um, yeah, I mean, this, this study was done by a health data institute that apparently is an arm of the University of Washington, I believe. Yes, uh, it's the health, it's the Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation. In any case, my dad sent it to me. We'll include the notes in, or the link in the show notes. The thing that I liked about it uh, is that when you click on it, you have this nice drop down menu and it will, t- you can see when their projected peak is for the coronavirus uh, throughout the United States as well as in different states. So, for example, uh, if you take a look at California, I'm going to select that, it shows that the peak is somewhere around May 1st and that the peak doesn't come back down to sort of normal until around June 1st. Um, I found this helpful because I've been always wondering in the back of my head, like, okay, um... How long are things going to likely continue in this shelter-in-place, right, sort of lifestyle? And I imagine it's going to have something to do with this curve. Like, we got to get through the peaks. Um, They vary from state to state. New York is ahead of a lot of states, which is why they're seeing the problems they're seeing now. Um, So maybe their peak will die down later. I don't know. But you can go look at your state and figure out, you know when some of these things might die down <laughs> new york looks scary as shit what is new york i mean they've well they just the, the mean, thing to worry about is the all beds available versus all beds needed yep oh yeah they're like you know, way off the charts i mean california is like if we keep doing what we've been doing we might be able to keep the peak underneath the all hospital beds available mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. new york is clearly already like past the level of you know they they need more beds now than they have Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's why they're setting up temporary hospitals in the middle of fucking central park yeah i mean it's just wild like it just (laughs) if people need to stay home um yeah and i mean in terms of these peaks are interesting too because like when i look at california it looks like you're kind of coming down off the peak in you know, by June 1st, whereas Virginia, the peak doesn't happen until around June 1st, which means we're coming off of it around July. Now, it's not going to be as bad. Uh, the The curve is certainly flatter in Virginia than in other places. But, hey, look, we've still been ordered to shelter in place. Now, we have, this is the beginning of April, and the peak doesn't happen until June. Well, if things are continuing to get worse, is, is, is it someone at some point going to say, okay, well, now you don't need to shelter in place anymore? I don't know. I mean, I don't know how that advice correlates with the peaks and the, the valleys, but it um, doesn't look like things end here until around mid-July. Anyways, um, just some information for people who are trying to figure out what's going to happen. Yeah, we can put that link in the um, show notes. Uh, it's 
it's it's real scary when you just think about what happens if you break your arm. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you don't have that trampoline yet. Uh, um, it's coming. <laughs> well, you better tell those kids to be careful because in a couple of weeks, if they break their arm, I mean, they could be going into just a horror scene in the in the ICU. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there are going to be. It's uh, New York, you know, is the just the absolutely like horror movie scenario where all ICU beds are taken up with COVID patients. Yep. And so that means you get in a car accident, you have a heart attack, you get, you know, some normal disease. I mean, um, or yeah, just any normal accident. That's scary. (laughs) That's, that's super scary shit. So, uh, everybody be careful and take care of yourself and, uh, do what you can to try to flatten these curves because, the unnecessary deaths is the, you know, the real tragic part. Yeah. Well, no, we do have a family member who had a heart attack recently and Ugh. they had a follow-up visit for right around now. And it's been, it's been canceled. They just said, Hey, look, um, yeah, I think they were supposed to reassess their medications and all sorts of things that you would normally yeah. do after a heart attack, which is a very serious event. Yeah. And they're just like, you know what? Keep doing what you're doing. We'll get back to you. Get back to you. Yeah. Like that's you know, it's tough. So we're too busy treating, you know, COVID patients. And also, by the way, I mean, the fact that doctors and nurses are risking their lives every day to go mm-hmm. treat these patients. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, your cardiologist might be just dead by the time this whole thing's over. Because <laughs> hospital, <laughs> hospital well, yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. just let's be real. Like hospitals are super fucking scary, and we got hundreds of doctors and nurses who have already come down with it. Yeah, and when the doctors and nurses are going on the respirator, um, you're in trouble. Yep. So <laughs> that, that's I don't know. People don't seem to get why this is important, but um, that's that's why. Like we're not gonna like this. The the virus is not gonna go away. We're not gonna beat it. Eventually, we have to create a vaccine, right? Mm-hmm. And everybody has to, a lot of people are just going to have to get it slowly and get over it and get treatment and stuff. But the big problem is that if everybody gets it at once, we are fucked. And that's (laughs) what's happening. Yeah. yeah. And that's what's happening when people are still just going out and doing all their normal shit. Well, Um, so on that note, I mean, if you look at these, these uh, peaks, if I were LSAC right now, and I were looking at these peaks, I would say, okay, April's definitely out of the picture. I would say it's over. And I would say, because um, it looks like things are just going to get worse, no matter what state you look at, even states that seem to fall under the the, the curve or whatever. But mm-hmm. um, I would say, okay, I'm starting to look at online options. Because otherwise, you're not looking at a test until August for some of these places. And it's just too complicated to try to do helter-skelter uh, testing, I think. Maybe not. Sure seems like they <clears throat> should be hustling to get this online. I mean... Yep, it solves all it, problems because it doesn't matter when the curve is, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're already, they're already proctoring the writing sample using whatever software. Mm-hmm. How hard can it possibly be to also do a multiple choice test? Yeah. I think you could They're have those proctors obviously worried too. about people stealing the questions. I think you could have those proctors doing multiple people at one time. You just have multiple windows up. They probably already do that. But anyways. There's no way they can protect their questions if they do that. Yeah, there's a challenge with that. Well, because all you have to do is have the you know nanny cam over your shoulder 
recording your screen. They can't stop you from doing that. It's true. So instantly, you know, all those questions will will be out there circulating and they've always just like been so zealous about protecting, protecting their questions. I mean, that's, I think that's really what's, that's gotta be what's holding up the show. It can't just be like <laughs> the, the technology to do it. It can't be that hard. Yeah. That's what it is. Protecting of the questions. Yeah. So anyways, that, uh, that website, by the way, is COVID 19 dot health org forward slash projections. Um, we'll again include that link. But and Ben Olson's actual dad is vouching for it, and he's a scientist. <laughs> What's he your dad's name? Mike. Mike. Mm-hmm. What kind of a? He's an engineer. He's an electrical engineer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. Last question. Yours. All right. It says. Should I take a gap year before law school? Hi, Ben and Nathan. What is your advice for an undergrad planning to take a gap year? Should I take the LSAT in my senior year since the scores are viable for five years? Or should I take it when I'm ready to apply? Thanks for all your advice, Glenn. Oh, we end with a softball today. Yeah. What do you think? I'd say if you're willing and interested and ready to take it your senior year, take it. Because you might find your life gets more crazy as you get older not less crazy and then you have a score on record you also kind of know whether you hate this shit and maybe you'll start looking for another option uh i don't know well it also might take you longer than you think to prep yep also law schools only care about your high score Mm -hmm. so there's all the incentive i mean also you ain't got shit to do right now let's be honest yeah so start studying now sign up for the LSAT in May or June or whatever. Mm-hmm. doesn't really matter this fall sometime after all this has died down a bit. Take the test officially the first time. And then, yeah, you might end up taking it officially two or three more times after that. So might as well just get the ball rolling now. I think Ben, you were, you nailed it when you said that life will probably get busier. Everybody mm-hmm. always thinks that like, Oh, well I've got, a semester off coming up, you know, but that I can't tell you how many times that has ended up in, Oh, I decided to take a semester abroad or, Oh, my family wants to go do this or, Oh, I got this internship or just whatever, you know, life gets busier. So, yep. um, relationships and family stuff and kids and who knows what, you know, jobs and just everything. So, um, yeah, people, <laughs> I find it really funny when undergrads think that college is super busy. Hmm. that's always amusing to me like compare your junior senior year yeah yeah you got a big course load fine but compare that to like an actual job yeah and it's just not you know where you're like actually like paying back your student loans yeah and trying to pay for housing and a car and get to work 40 50 hours a week and i mean it's just like yes college is a great time to be doing the lsat because i don't care how taxing your classes are they're just they're not they're not as taxing as like real life you're also like at a point in your life when you're doing lots of learning and i think as people get older they find that learning becomes more challenging you got to just get into it and you'll get over it but um i don't know even people who are a couple years out of school, I get this like vibe that's like, oh, yeah, I have to get back into this. Like I haven't, <laughs> I've just been doing the same stuff every day at work, not having to learn new things, just do things I already know. Mm-hmm. 
So mm. take advantage of this time. Yeah. And get a better job where you like challenge yourself and yeah. learn yeah, things at sure. work. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not condoning that. I'm just saying it's yeah. kind of the reality for a lot of people. Yeah. 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 Um, if you're sure you want to go to law school, there's no reason not to be studying for the LSAT during your junior, senior, even sophomore year. I can't, I, I don't know why not like get it. If you're sure, if you're sure, sure. Mm-hmm. then yeah, just get it done as soon as possible so that you can have everything ready to go so that you can apply at the beginning of whichever cycle you want to apply. By the way, you know, so Glenn mentions a gap year, right? Yeah. Well, Glenn, if you want a gap year, ideally you would be applying the September right, ev- right after you graduate. So you're going to graduate in May or June, apply in September to start law school the following September. Mm-hmm. That's the right way to do it. So if you plan to take only one gap year, you have to study for the LSAT during your senior year. Yeah. If you're going to do it optimally, which I just can't stress enough how important it is to apply early in the cycle. Yeah. Everybody always wants to violate that advice, don't they, Ben? <laughs> Everybody wants to be the exception to that. Yeah. Well, I didn't apply until March, but do you think maybe I'll get a scholarship because of my work experience? <laughs> my like, work experience. No. <laughs> you should have applied in September because that's when the bulk of the scholarships, like people who apply in the fall just get much better offers. Um, How many times have you heard people say I have incredible softs <laughs> or something like that? You know, I don't know if that's the right word, but yeah. like, I'm like, yeah. what? okay, yeah. can you elaborate? I mean, it's starting to sound Trumpian, right? Like, Oh, we've just got the, the great. most, yeah, They're the best great. administration and unique. I have unique, special, great softs. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not enough to make up for your shitty LSAT anyway, or, you know, yeah. like just, I don't care how great they are. They only matter when you're on the bubble. Yep. So if your numbers didn't put you on the bubble, then those softs just don't really come into play. I mean, uh, that's just the reality of the situation. If you look at any 509 report, you'll see how narrow the GPA and LSAT ranges are for every school. Mm-hmm. And those, nar- those ranges wouldn't be that narrow if the softs actually mattered as much as you want them to matter. Yep. <laughs> right. Harvard doesn't have like, Oh, well our 25th percentile is 160. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> it's just not like that. Harvard's 25th. What is Harvard's 25th percentile? 169. Uh, that's a good question. I don't know, but tell me I'm going right. to guess, I'm going to yeah. guess 168 or nine is their 25th percentile. And like 173 is their 75th percentile. Yeah. The point is there's going to be like four <laughs> points between their 25th and their 75th. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, they they admit a few handful of outliers. Oh, here you go. Their twenty fifth percentile is one seventy. Okay, 75th I missed it by a point. Is uh-huh. that's all right. It's a one seventy five. So yeah, you have okay. a five point. Missed that by a point or two. Yeah, but really, <laughs> yeah, I that's mean, just... that's that's deceptive because that's a small set of applicants. <laughs> you know. Anyways. So I mean, Harvard's a real narrow. big school, but yeah, but yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that means that they've got, you know, what's the, the class size is like 500 or something and they've yeah. got, or maybe even more and they've got, so over mm. half of those are, you know, just five sixty four last year. Yeah. Yeah. But it's the same at every school, right? UCLA 25th percentile, 164, 75th percentile, 169. Mm-hmm. So again, a five point range. And that's half of their class is within that five point range. Yeah. So there are a few below that that are paying full price, I'm sure. And there are a few above that that are going there for free. 
And the bulk of the class, though, is just that's that's who is at UCLA, mm-hmm. which is a good range, right? That's why UCLA has prestige because employers know that UCLA admits a bunch of smart fuckers. Yeah, <laughs> that's how they keep up the reputation of their school is by admitting people in a very narrow range of LSAT and GPA. Yeah, that's the facts. Anyway, um, Glenn, start studying now. <laughs> good luck <laughs> and good luck. Yeah. Let us know how we can help. Yes, please let us know. Email us. Yeah. Uh, join the Thinking LSAT, uh, LSAT podcast group on Facebook. You can always also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Thinking LSAT. Our main focus these days is LSATdemon.com. You can find uh, tutoring for me at strategyprep.com and for Nathan at foxlsat.com and some other things there. But uh, we are all in on the demon and trying to reach anyone and everyone everywhere. You can listen to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Stitcher. I think we could say all cool places where podcasts are found. <laughs> um, also on our website, thinkinglsat.com. By the way, at that website, you can also buy an LSAT Demon shirt if you're so inclined. Um, I just they're super soft. The shirts. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're good too. shirts. Good t-shirts. Anyways, that was episode 240 of the Thinking LSAT podcast. Thanks all y'all for listening. Nice knowing ya. Don't pay for law school.